Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Big Apple Hockey, where we're going to be talking a lot about the preseason and some of the questions that you might have for the New York Islanders today. We're going to go over our five questions that we have. I, of course, am your host, Mark Williams, who is happy that there's no technical difficulties right now on my end. And I'm joined by Mr. Anthony LaRocco. Yeah, um... I'm I'm pumped for the Islander season to start, the NHL season to start. And uh, you know, as you see here in my little header there, I sent Mark that list last night that uh open ice did ranking ranking the thriller as number one. Um a lot of love for him this year. I mean, I know the the athletic writers a couple of weeks ago, um, he garnered over fifty percent of the vote for who's gonna win the Vesna this year. So um he has some lofty expectations heading into the year. But um nonetheless uh, well, hockey's right around the corner. I'm excited to talk aisles with you guys today. Well, for starters, that's that's why I need to get the sound bite of that's that's your opinion, man, from the big Lebowski. Because again, as we said before, if you want to put any of the big three Russians, Vasilevsky, Sisterkin, or Sorokin, number one, I'm not going to argue with you. There are three great goaltenders, Ant, and uh, what Sorokin has in front of him. You can argue is not the best, but I can also argue that it might be the best defensive core and the best defensive system that's in front of them. However, we're going to talk plenty about Ilya Sorokin. We're actually going to do an Islanders bar talk today. We did not do a Rangers bar talk the other day. So everybody, make sure you are hitting that subscribe button because I do not say this enough, and that is often a problem. And we're going to go right to the A block where we're going to be talking all about the New York Islanders today, so you can ignore that Ranger shield that was right there, everybody. And uh, also, just a colorful reminder, the Big Apple Hockey Trucker hats are available. Click the link below. And we also have some of these Big Apple Hockey shirts. So SeatGeek is the sponsor of the A Block. Use the promo code Big Apple Hockey for $20 off your first order. All right, Anthony, so let's get our five questions just out there. We'll go into uh, to analyze them after our guest comes on and off. Uh, we're going to have Sean from Hockey Night in New York coming on. Five questions we have going into the Islanders preseason. And by the way, first, first question before I get into this, 
Is preseason hyphenated? I hope I hyphen I hyphenate it and then I don't. Yeah, I, I've seen it. I've seen it that way sometimes for sure. <laughs> it's like the dictionary says I don't have to, but yet I also have to. So uh, you know, you know, basic grammar that's in there. So we got five questions. Like I said, we did it for the New York Islanders. Uh, sorry for the New York Rangers the other day. Here's our New York Islanders one. Anthony started off number five. Are you, are, you, are you flashing it here? No, oh, I'll so I remember it off the top of my head. So, yeah, but yeah. Um, well, they're your questions, so you would know. They are, but I forgot which order you, you were going to put them in. So, yeah, right. um, number five, um, is this the last hurrah for, you know, the Islanders' fourth line? They've been together since, what, 2013 um, in the playoffs. They were calling the best fourth line in hockey. Um, and that, you know, stood tall for a long time. But over the last couple of years, um, they're getting older, even though Matt Martin actually had a career high in points last year, um, mm-hmm. oddly enough. Uh, but Cal Clutterbuck, um, you know, he's he's very injury prone. It, you know, the toll has officially hit his body from all the years that he's played hockey at the style that he plays. Um, and then they both only have one year left on their contracts in reference to Martin and Clutterbuck. So uh, this could be the last hurrah for him. And, you know, they might even be broken up this year. So we'll have to see. Um, and coming in at number four. Number four, um, will Lane Lambert keep the line together that you see here that helped the Islanders make the playoffs? After acquiring Pierre Engvall, um, that line really was the line that dragged the Islanders into the postseason, aside from Sorokin's goaltending. Um, but this line was very productive. They gelled. They got chemistry. Um, you know, and Engvall added an element to that line in the sense that he, he's got a lot of speed, um, and he was able to transition the puck from the defensive zone into the offensive zone. Um, you know, Nelson primarily was the puck carrier, but having a second guy on that line that can really carry the puck across the neutral zone um, was big. Uh, and like I said, they had a lot of chemistry. So will Lane keep them together? I would say yes, but we'll have to see as preseason goes on if he tinkers with it. And coming in, number three. Number three. This is the question that I think a lot of people expect to be the captain, Anders Lee. Uh, we'll have to see, um, you know, if it's not Anders Lee uh, who plays the left side. If they wanted to switch it up, uh, I'm sure Barzell could play the left side, which would enable them to use the option of Oliver Wallstrom on the right side. Uh, you know, it kind of makes sense. One of the best shooters on the team playing with, you know, the best playmaker on the team and another guy in Horvat could be a dangerous line. We'll see which direction that Lane wants to go. But um, my first inclination is that Anders Lee will get that spot. Coming in, number two. This was the Islanders' bugaboo, 30th in the league last year. Um, Their power play was dreadful. Um, It's actually quite impressive that a team with that bad of a power play made it into the playoffs. Um, But, you know, if you think about it, on the flip side, if this – if this power play was, let's say, even middle of the pack, like, you know, 12, 15, how much better the Islanders would be. So I think if they can get their power play into that range, you know, now you're talking maybe there's a chance they could finish, you know, not in a wild card, but third in the Metro, and the power play is going to be really important for them this coming year. I know we're going to go more into analysis on this soon enough, but just to echo what Anthony is saying right there, the Islanders had the 30th ranked power play, 15.8%. Uh, 
the Ducks at 15.7 and the Flyers at 15.6 were below them. The next closest playoff team to them was the Winnipeg Jets mm-hmm. at 19.3, and that's at 23rd. So gotta, I got to agree with you on that one. We're going to go further into this in a moment because we're going to talk about the amount of talent that they have in that power play and that it should never be this low. And lastly, Anthony, at number one. Yes. Um, Zach Brise, a fan favorite. We all love him for, you know, everything he brings to the team. Lou Lamorello's press conference, they say that he's not with the team at training camp. Left the door open for the, you know, for the future, but it appears as though his his time here might be done. But we got we got Sean Cuthbert coming in from Osta Hockey Night in New York. Um, great Islander guy. Uh, Sean, thanks. I know you drive in, so you don't have video, but thanks, uh, thanks for joining us here this morning. Hey, how's, how's it going, fellas? Thanks a lot for having me. Uh, good, good. Coming on. Um, so it's a great time of year. Training camp opens next next week. Preseason games soon after. Um, what are your What are your first thoughts on the Islanders going into going into this season? Um, you know, a lot of a lot of Islander fans, as you know, Sean, are very negative on this club. Um, yeah. But I, I, for me, right now, as a baseline, I see you know a wild card playoff team unless, you know, Yuli Sorokin got hurt or something catastrophic happened. But what are your first thoughts going into camp and this coming season? Well, I'm with you, Anthony, and I and I typically take a, a fairly optimistic point of view. But um, I think that they're a playoff team. However, um, I don't exactly think the naysayers are crazy. Um, I think that there's just a lot of what-ifs going into this season, right? Um, there's been a lot of talk about, oh, the Islanders are bringing the same team back, right? And you know, I know in our show, myself and Stefan have talked about, well, hey, yeah, in a sense they are. But, you know, the Islanders only got, what, the the last, you know, not even half of the season with Bo Horvat, Pierre Engvall, right? Those guys are late pickups. You're going to get a full season. And, you know, I think I think you got to give some a little leeway here to see what happens with a, a full season of those guys. And Barzell and Horvat getting a training camp together to see if they can develop some chemistry and uh, get some offensive output and, 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 most importantly, improve the power play. Sean, you said it best. They're going to have a full season uh, with Bo Horvat. Now, you, some naysayers will look at that and go, well, he really didn't produce that much when he was a New York Islander. Anthony, of all people, has said that, uh, well, he did. He only had Matt Barzell for X amount of time. But we also know as, as a person, settling in on Long Island, getting used to it, and we also know Bo Horvat brings so much more to the game than just whether or not he scores goals. Are the Islander fans really going to be seeing what are they like what do you think about what he's going to be bringing to the game? Well, I don't think he's going to put up the type of goals he was he was putting up in Vancouver last season. Uh, I think that's just the nature of of the Islanders and the system that they'll likely play this season. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Lane Lambert comes out of the gate with this team. Last year he tried that more more of a hybrid offensive style to go along with what they were doing Barry Trotz wise. It, it didn't exactly work. It almost tanked the season back in January. And uh, then he was like, you know what, maybe it's time to go back to the old ways. And, and when they started playing a little more Barry Trotz hockey, that's when we started seeing that, that success when they were able to climb back into the playoffs. And, and I think Bo Horvat, even though he didn't put up a lot of points after Barzell went down, I think, uh, like you said, he was still a big part of the team and a big part of the reason why they made it because, 
You know, you had J.G. Pajot go down as well. Uh, he, he basically was a, an all-around utility guy at that point, right? Taking, you know, face-offs in both ends of the ice, um, munching up a lot of minutes. And I think you're going to see more of that. But with a healthy squad and, and with him and Barzell just being allowed to do their thing on the top line, like, yeah, he's, he's going to be one of the top point producers for this team. But I just don't know if anybody should expect, you know, on pace for 40 goals, Bo, Bo Horvat, you know? Now, Sean, one of the Lou's main points at his press conference, um, there was a lot of talk about Zach Parise. Obviously, not with the team, um, staying home with his family in Minnesota, at least for now. Um, this is a guy, even at his age, I, you know, I don't know how you feel about it, but I would say he's probably he was probably the hardest working Islander night in and night out. His motor never stopped, uh, and he added 21 goals on top of that, played the PK. So um, he's going to you know leave a decent-sized hole in the lineup. When it comes to... Uh, replacing him. Do you think it's as simple as, you know, Hudson Fashing playing on his off wing, taking that left wing spot in the third line um, and rolling with that? Or do you think, because Lou mentioned also the kids, like giving them a shot. Do you think Dufour or Ishikov, um, even though I think he's predominantly a center, or even Maggio, um, who looks, you know, a little promising so far, day one of rookie camp. Do you think any of those guys are realistic options to maybe make the squad and, you know, fill that role? I don't. Definitely not out of the gate. Um, could one of them shock and surprise through camp? Sure, it's possible. Anything can. Anything can happen. But um, I definitely think to start, the Isles will play it a little safer, and you'll probably see something like Hudson Fashing or maybe newcomer Gauthier. Um, I'm very curious to see what he does in camp. There's a lot of talk about the speed that he brings. Uh, I don't think that anybody is going to be able to fill Parisi's shoes uh, to the degree that anybody is going to hope. I mean, look. As a gray beard, what, 38, 39-year-old putting up 20 goals and, and, you know, you hit it on the head. And one thing he was he was pretty much recognized throughout Islander country and credit where it's due is, I mean, the guy busted his tail all season. He was the hard, hardest working guy in that team. And that's something they're going to miss. They're going to miss that leadership in the locker room too. But this is a veteran squad and they're going to be able, able to rally without him. And, and that's probably the most intriguing forward spot on the team. And I think you also have to lump Oliver Wallstrom's name in there too. Not so much with that spot in the lineup, but just, you know, what is he going to bring? Is he going to make up for those goals that, uh, that, that they're going to miss out on on Parise if he doesn't come back? Sean, I got to look at that power play and say that there is way too much talent for that power play to be ranked 30th in the league. And I think, I think the thing is the power play probably should start running a lot more through Noah Dobson. What do you think? Yeah, I think there's going to be a big spotlight on Dobson this season. Uh, and it's funny because the guy managed to put up essentially another 50-point season, and, and somehow he's he's still a struggle on the on the power play. And, I mean, you got to look at all the guys that are, that are getting out there when they're up five. Uh, but he is a guy who's going to have to, I think, um, just establish more, you know, on that power play, maybe bring a little more confidence. And, uh, yeah, it's going to have to run through him. I mean, Ryan Pollock's kind of, you know, almost morphed into another, like, lesser version of Adam Pellick in the sense that he's he's a little more of a defensive defenseman these days where we thought he was going to be more of a, an offensive guy. So I think there is a lot of pressure on Dobson to, to make sure some of those points that he's putting up this season are on the power play. You know, whether that, you know, falls somewhat on the coach, Steph and John McClain. A lot of people are, you know, groaning about McClain coming back. But ultimately, 
it is those guys, those talented guys on the ice that you mentioned to make it happen. And, and yeah, a lot of it's going to have to come from Dobson. There's going to be a big focus on him for that. John, um, I'm sure you, you likely saw it, but, you know, it was a week ago. So the athletic um, had their, you know, they had a piece where each fan base kind of rated their faith um, <laughs> in the front, in the front office. You're right laughing. I love it. Uh, in the front office. Um, and then the writers themselves graded it. And, the Islanders in each category, the writers and the fans, got a lot of Ds. Um, we discussed this on our show after it came out. Um, and I'm not a Lou apologist at all, but I, I feel as though that it was a little harsh. I mean, if you look at the state of the, the, state of the organization um, when, you know, at the end of the season, when Gar Snow and Doug Waite were still in charge to what it is now, I mean, it's night and day. We're, we're a respected organization that runs professionally now. Um, and since Lou's been here, they missed the playoffs once. And, you know, it was a weird year, COVID year, new building, um, back-to-back conference final, finals trips. So do, do you think it's a little harsh based on all that? I mean, I understand he made some questionable trades now that we look back on it. Devon Taves and their fans aren't happy about how, you know, he hasn't made wholesale changes or the way he's managed the cap. But my feeling, these are across the board were a little harsh. What, what is your, your thoughts on that? Well, yeah. Talk about what have you done for me lately, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can look at it in a couple of ways. Like, like first off, I was I was pretty surprised to see and and I, did I expect them to go down in the rankings from whatever they were the year before? Yeah, I did. But to see them at thirtieth, I was like, wow, you know, that was quick. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, look, I guess you can look at it in, in this way, right? Like the bar has been raised on Long Island in the sense that. You know, just getting into the playoffs or battling for a wild card isn't enough anymore, which I think in a way is a good sign because, you know, that used to be, you know, um, you know, you'd hear Ranger fans saying, oh, it's the Islander Stanley Cup, right? Getting into the playoffs or whatever it is, yeah. you know, and now you have those two semifinal appearances and, you know, Islander fans got a little taste of what it could be like to be a contender. They you know, take a couple of steps back and, and, you know, I, th- I think everybody's just still a little, little hungry to get back into that contention, especially with, I think everybody's a little concerned about that window getting smaller, right? Because this team is starting to age, right? You're seeing, you know, the leadership of this team, the veterans, Josh Bailey's already gone. He, he basically played himself off the team last year because yeah. he just, he wasn't the same Josh Bailey anymore. Brock Nelson, you know, heading into his mid thirties, Andrews Lee, the captain, right? And these guys have, you know, uh, heavy salaries attached to their names and stuff. So, and I think that's a part of the reason why you're seeing this ranking. So, you know, do I agree with you that maybe uh, dropping them down to 30 out of 32 as with respect to, you know, faith in the, in the management or whatever you want to call it? Like, yeah, I think it's, it's a bit much. I think, you know, um, there's a lot of short memory uh, with regards to what Lou Lamarillo has done for this team. Um, I don't think he's lost it as people like to say. He's a, a big reason why they've been, you know, in the position they've been these last few years. And, and yeah, maybe there's there's certainly a bigger spotlight on him now to to keep this team competitive and, you know, you know move through that cap and figure out a way to extend this team's contention. Because, you know, look, you, you look at Barzell and Horvat, they're going to be here for the next century. They're both, they're both in their, their uh, mid to late 20s. And, and, and yeah. you know, the, those are two guys that you, you got to build around to compete. So, yeah, I think I think it's fair to, to say, hey, Lou, where's this all going? Because, you know, with those aging guys in mind, like how are they going to, you know, um, replace those guys once their numbers start going down? But but yeah, I, I think I think um, 
Lou deserves a little more credit than, than what he seems to be getting according to that athletic piece. Well, uh, I got to agree again about the Dev- uh, Devontae's trade because we get the Ranger fans talking about the Pavel Buchnevich trade. It's almost like the same thing. But they go, how do you ever get rid of this guy? Well, you can't keep everybody. You can't pay everybody. It's just the way it is. Dropping him all the way down to 32nd is ridiculous. Let me go to a team that everybody thinks is going to be competing against Yonders or even leapfrogging them, the team that missed the playoffs last year that was ranked 10th in that athletic article, the Pittsburgh Penguins and Kyle Dubas. Like <laughs> Now, do you look at that and just go, oh, man, they got Eric Carlson. What are, they gonna, what are, what are the Islanders going to do? Or on the other hand, are you looking at that as the Islanders and, and saying, yeah, the Islanders, they know how to keep the puck out of their own net. We know the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to let everything in that net now. Sorry, and Eric Carlson on defense. I mean, like, do you, do you really feel like they're a threat? Are they a threat? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you, you know, even looking at that roster is as old as it's getting. I mean, the names are still those names, right? Whether it's Crosby, Malkin, and Latang, and, and now Carlson, sure. And, and look at how close it was last year. You add Carlson to that, you know, Dubas has kind of revitalized the uh, the excitement over there in Pittsburgh, and good for them. But do I think that they're going to be this, uh, you know, instant Stanley Cup contender now that Carlson's there? No, because you brought it up yourself. Like, their goaltending is a still a huge issue. Carlson isn't exactly known for his defensive prowess. So, you know, I still think that the uh, the goals against is going to be an issue for that team. And, and look, I mean, if, you, if we're going to compare them to the, to the Islanders, like, I'll take Sorokin plus the Islanders D over whatever the, uh, the Penguins got back there any day of the week. I mean, it's really just going to come down to the Islanders, you know, finding a little more scoring, and especially in the power play. I'm sure you guys heard it ad nauseum last year. I did. I said it myself, too. If they can even just get their power play, like, above 20th overall, they're probably in a much safer space um, as far as the playoffs go. And the thing is, I'm not just worried about Pittsburgh. I'm worried about teams like Detroit and Buffalo. Uh, those teams are going to be better. Ottawa, you know, not necessarily to take a spot, but they're definitely going to start taking more points away. And the Islanders are going to have to, you know, really get their offense and power play going to to keep those teams at bay. I'm glad you, by the way, that you brought up taking points away, only because I usually say if you add points to a team, they have to come from somewhere else. I always say that one. Anthony? Yeah. Uh, Sean, you meant the power play and uh, kind of a little bit of a – a question here for you in regards to the power play. There's a there's a certain power play specialist uh, that's still unrestricted free agent. I think he might have had his hip resurfaced. If you <laughs> see where I'm going here, um, you know I, I know a lot of Islander fans dream, um, and it, and that's okay. But sure. do, you, do you do you envision do you envision a scenario where if the Islanders let's say get off to a good start because apparently Kane is in no rush. He wants to see where the teams are in the standings before he makes a decision. Uh, I know his dad likes going to home games. Playing in New York was a lot easier for that. So if the Islanders get off to a good start and position themselves where it looks like, hey, you know, they're most likely definitely going to make the playoffs, do you think Kane would consider uh, signing with the Islanders and trading in the blue and orange and coming to Long Island? Would he consider it? Sure. Um, I think the word now is he, he's been linked to Detroit because of Debrinket, right? Yeah, um, yep, I saw that. Yeah, I mean, of course, I think I think he would consider it. I think, um, I th- and I do 
think it's important that they are in contention. He, he's made it pretty clear that he wants to play for a team that can compete and get another chance at the Stanley Cup. I, I guess the biggest question is, you know, what sort of money is he going to be wanting? And, you know, are the, is Lou going to be able to maneuver, you know, the, the salaries that he has already to, to make room for him? I mean, that's, that's, I guess, the biggest concern. I mean, they're technically just slightly above the cap ceiling as it is right now. I mean, do you, do you shift some guys around to make room for a guy like Patrick Kane? I think so, if it's not too, you know, um, cost prohibitive. I mean, talk about a team that could use a guy like him, you know, up five on four, sure. Um, I think I think he'd consider it. Um, I don't know if he'd be – if the Islanders would be his first choice, but I'm, I'm sure Lou will be on the phone with his agent if, uh, <laughs> you know, if the <laughs> opportunity is there to get him. Yeah. I'll- sure, I just- I, oh, sorry, actually, Anthony. No, no, yeah. go go ahead. I just wanted to make sure I know he's driving. Want to make sure he's good on, you know, he's good on time here. Give him um, a couple more minutes. Is that all right, Sean? Yeah, yeah, we're good for a couple more. All right, awesome. All right, go ahead, Mark. Okay, uh, Sean, I always kind of use this term like there's just something missing sometimes with the Islanders, and I think it's just that they need a bona fide sniper or that's on this team is any answer within or are they going to have to look potentially just outside the organization at the trade deadline in order to find somebody? Well, I think that's been a concern for like the past two decades. Right. Exactly. You know, is it within, I think, I think the, the hope and, and maybe at this point prayers <laughs> is, is that Oliver <laughs> Wallstrom, you know, could be that guy. And, you know, he's kind of flirted with it. We've seen, you know, that shot and and what he might be able to be and and whether it's, you know, not getting the trust from Barry Trotz and then last year getting hurt when it looked like he might have been finally starting to to show what he can do. Um, He could be that guy. And and hopefully Lambert, you know, gives him an opportunity to, to flourish this year. I'm curious to see where he slots in the lineup. And, um, you know, how he fits on a potential Horvat-Barzell line because you'd have Barzell and, and Walsham, you know, looking at the right wing. So, I don't know. Do you put a guy like Walsham on his off wing? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens in camp. And I know that that Horvat was is expected to be part of that solution. Again, we, we talked about his goal scoring in Vancouver last year. Um, but, look, this is a team that's been scoring by committee for, you know, how long now? And, you know, they got to hope that Brock Nelson can still hover around 30 goals or so. Is Anders Lee still going to put up 25, 30 goals? I mean, you know, there was a lot of concern about how he looked towards the end of the season in the playoffs last year. So, I mean, I don't like they they have enough guys where if they can put up the numbers that they're capable of, you know, you go down the lineup, even guys like Pajot chipping in 15 to 20 or whatever it is. If these guys can stay healthy, chip in what they're capable of, and they keep those goals against down, you could probably make an argument that they don't absolutely need that sniper, but, you know, Oliver Wallstrom developing into that guy would be a very pleasant surprise, and and I think just with the way their cap situation is, and, and I don't know of any, you know, savior coming in from the outside, it's probably going to be another year of, all right, guys, let's do it together, you know? Well, Sean, you mentioned Brock Nelson. That's brings me to my next question. Um, you, you know, you mentioned that he's getting, you know, he's going to be 32 in October, so he's not getting younger. But it seems like 
he's getting better with age. Obviously, he's had his best two seasons the last two years, 37 and 36 goals. Um, if he has another, you know, 35-plus goal season, uh, heading into next summer, he's going to have one year left on his contract. Do you think that um, at that age that Lou will still extend him? Because I would imagine he'll still command a lot of money if you ever hit the open market. So at, at 32 years old, do you think it's still smart to invest a lot of years and money into him? Um, going forward? Well, I think the cynical answer is he's going to get an eight-year extension, right? <laughs> Just because of <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, the, uh, all the other deals that Lou's been handing out. Um, that's a tough one. Something that, honestly, like I haven't really been thinking or worrying about. <laughs> but uh, I guess you have to at some point. Yeah, it's weird, right? Because, you know... Some guys they they start to hit thirty and all of a sudden the the production just starts to go down and he's he's definitely bucked that trend. I mean, look, obviously I'd hesitate to to give him I don't know at thirty two much longer than a than a three year deal, you know. And and look, it's really going to depend on on where the team is at when we get to that point, right? Like, is it is yeah. it going to be a situation where Lou's like, okay, this team is still contending? You know, I can invest in this team a little bit more and, and give Brock another few years. And, and, you know, hopefully he can still be, you know, the player that he's been over the last few years, which has been outstanding. Um, it's tricky. And I, I don't I don't have a crystal ball to tell you that, oh, yeah, you know, give him another five. He'll be fine. You know, um, I'd be I'd be very hesitant to give him longer than a two to three year extension. And, you know, he, he might be in a situation where he can get those extra years somewhere else to, to join a, a contender. It's really going to come down to if he wants to stay at that point, where the Islanders are at. But, uh, I mean, I would definitely try to keep it on the shorter term at that point. Yeah, you know, he seems to me like, and obviously I don't know him from a hole in the wall, but, you know, similar to, to Bailey. I mean, he's been here his whole career. I, I get the sense that Brock's a guy that probably would want to, you know, finish his career on the island. I mean, it, let's say if he were to play another – you know, four to five years here and still productive. You're talking at that time, he's def- he's probably going to be in the top five in, in goals and games played. So he might have a nice little legacy for himself if he decided to stick around going forward. Yeah, I mean, you know, who knows what, what his priorities are, right? Some guys, you know, want to cash in before they, you know, ride off into the sunset. sunset. Other guys are happy to stay where they are. They got, you know, families you know, in, in these, in their hometowns, right? And they're not looking to uproot their family at the end of their careers. It's really what depends on what this guy is looking for. Or if, you know, he doesn't win a cup with the Islanders by then, he might be like, I need one more chance at a taste. And, and you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's got, you know, maybe by then he has a chance to play with Bedard in Chicago to try to go for a cup. Who knows? But, um, you know, thankfully that's, that's not a problem at the forefront right now for the Islanders. And, you know, hopefully everything falls into place where, you know, there's a reason for Lou to extend him and there's a reason for him to want to stay. Right. Yeah. Well, Sean, before we let you go, um, just want to ask, cause we, we've been discussing it, uh, you know, kind of lengthier last couple of weeks. Um, you know, NHL network, uh, did their rankings of goalies, uh, and they had Sorokin at three behind Vasilevsky and Shesterkin. Um, you know, just last night, uh, BR Open Ice had their top 10 list and, and Sorokin was number one. So um, do you think that this is Ilya's turn, his year to win the Vesna Trophy? I mean, if it weren't if it weren't for Linus Olmark putting on a Hashik mask last year, he probably would have won his first Vesna. Um, but do, do you think that this is the year that 
you know, because a lot of times, you know it, Sean, Islander players just some get a little bit disrespect by the media just because it's, you know, the Islanders and, and not the Rangers. And uh, But do you think this is the year where a lot of people in the league say to themselves that, wow, you know, Ely Sorokin is the best goaltender in the league? And gets yeah, to, I, gets to do here. yeah, I think, uh, look, it's weird, right? Like, you got to make the playoffs to win the Vezina, right? Like, he can have a you know 980 save percentage for the season, but but if they don't get into the playoffs, it doesn't matter. And they put a lot of weight on wins too, but um, mm-hmm. it does seem it does seem like he's uh, finally getting the recognition that he deserves. You know the fact that he he is ending up in so high in these rankings. So I think there is going to be a uh, you know uh, a lot of a lot of look on him to to you know give him that award if if he earns it. I think. I think he's going to have a monster year this year. I think that uh, if if there's any you know any year that that an Islander has a shot at, at winning a Vesna, this is probably it. I mean, the guy is an absolute beast back there, and uh, you know if guys like look if Romanov has a full year of what we saw towards the latter half of last season, if Dobson can clean up his defensive game, and see, I said it in the beginning, right? A lot of ifs, but. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if that can happen, you know, and, and he keeps playing the game he plays, like, yeah, his numbers are probably going to look great. And they probably get into the playoffs. And, and, you know, barring, you know, another historic season from some other team, plus a guy like Omar, yeah, I think he's probably a, a front runner for the Vesna this year for sure. I'm going to put you on the spot. Does he win it? Does he win it? Yeah, let's go crazy. You know, it's it's not really an outlandish uh, uh, take at all. I think, you know, I, I think he does bring it home this year. I mean, hell, I think a couple weeks ago, the athletic writers did, you know, their kind of mid, not midseason, preseason like predictions for trophies and stuff. And he got over 50% of the vote to win the Vesna from these people. So I, I think a lot of people agree with you, Sean. I think a lot of people are on the same page as you. Well, hopefully Ilya makes me look like a genius once, uh, you know, April, May, June comes around. <laughs> yeah, I agree. All right, Sean, well, thanks for taking some time out in your morning uh, and joining us. We really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully uh, everything goes smoothly in camp and the team gets off to a great start. You got it, fellas. Thanks a lot for having me. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Have a great one. Take- <laughs> All right. He was saying take care just as I, uh, I, I pulled him out. Uh, that was, that was great. Thanks for, thanks for Sean for joining us right there. Cause check, check um, out his show hockey night, in New York, another great podcast. Um, and, uh, they, they, they do a great job over there. All right. Uh, so we're going to get back to our five questions and a lot of them has to do with what we just talked about with Sean. Uh, let's go right back to the first one that you had before Anthony. Is this the last hurrah for the uh, best fourth line in hockey? I put the fourth line in quotes, air quotes, because I maintain at times they were not the fourth line for the Islanders, but that's just it. Uh, they are a really good line. They were broken up when Matt Martin went to uh, uh, to Toronto for a few years, and now he's back, But which is weird, Anthony. I've never seen a, a, a line get broken up and have a reunion the way it did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know what, Matt Martin, I think his heart was always on Long Island. Um, you know, when he left, there's just, you know, he, he chased the money. And I understand it, you know, for a guy like him, he's a you know fourth liner and needs to make sure that, it, you know, his, his family, his future is secure. So, um, but, you know, once once Lou came back to Long Island, he said it was important to him to kind of bring back a player who, um, 
you know, was basically Mr. Islander and, and that, that community there. Um, so good on him. But yeah, if this was bar talk, um, I would go with around here. Um, I think that obviously Suzekis is going to be here for much longer, you know, and he's still a really good, you know, a real good player in that role. But, uh, you know, Martin and Clutterbuck, I mean, kudos to them. Their, their bodies have just been broken down from playing that physical brand of hockey for years, night in and night out. They both have one year left on their contracts. Um, you know, I, I would I would say that, you know, after this year, they might both be done. Um, I would say especially Clutterbuck. I mean, hell, there's been some talk about, you know, if he's too banged up to play uh, this year even. So um, we'll see how it goes. You know, it seems like the guy, you know, gets injured at every turn. Um, but, you know, he's still an effective penalty killer for sure. Um, you know, he still gets under the other team's skin. Uh, and he's had, you know, Clutterbuck has had an underrated shot. I mean, he could really beat goalies with it. Uh, we've seen him do it before. Um, mm-hmm. Earlier in his Islander career, you know, he had some seasons where he had, you know, 15, 17 goals. Um, so he, he's, you know, he's a good player, had a good career. But I, I think that um, this is the last year that they're at least given the opportunity to stay intact. Um, you know, there's younger guys like Julian Gauthier, who I think they want a little bit more speed and skill to the fourth line. He would bring that. Um, you've got like Carson Kuhlman, who they signed in the offseason. He's a younger guy who could play that Martin Clutterbuck style of hockey. Uh, so I, I think, you know, if they're all healthy um, to start camp, I think they'll give them the opportunity to kind of stay together and, and see how they play. But um, I don't think Lou's married to them um, at this point. Actually, his press conference, it was kind of interesting. Someone asked them essentially the same question, um, you know, and he didn't have a typical ringing endorsement. He's like, oh, they've been great players. Uh, they bring a lot to the team. But he's like, well, we'll have to look at it and, you know, see how they're feeling and see how they look. So uh, definitely left the door open for Lane Lambert, Lane Lambert and the coaching staff to tinker, th- to tinker with things. Um, but, yeah, if I were a betting man, as I said, and I am, I would say that uh, this is their this is their last time that they have together on the island this coming season. First off, by the way, as you kept on saying Martin and Clutterbuck, I kept thinking of a 1940s vaudeville duo of like, <laughs> oh, Martin and Clutterbuck with their laughs for you. But um, yeah, it's it's amazing on those two. I mean, obviously, uh, Clutterbuck, you hope he's healthy just in general in life because you never want a player not to be. And Matt Martin might have some more years left in his game as, as he had a career high in points. But uh, you just wonder if at the price tag that he's going to be at, whether or not it's not better to just move on and get to a cheaper player. But that being said, when they split up this line, when Martin went to Toronto and they added Jason Chimera, I, I looked at that, Anthony, and I just went, wow, they just got Jason Chimera on that line. And it just wasn't as good. Like I cannot well, think of a single line that in hockey that it's these three are just they're the ones that you you have to keep together even more than the perfection line they were able to split up the perfection line but you can't split up well, uh, these these three guys. Well, think about it. I mean, they've been. I mean, yeah, you have Martin's two years in Toronto, but all intents and purposes, they've been together ten years. You know, they, they're yeah. great friends. They have great chemistry. They know how each other plays, um, you know, in their heyday when they were the most effective defensemen feared going back to collect the puck behind the net because they knew they were going to get run through the wall on each side, Martin and Clutterbuck. And even Sezikis would throw hits. Um, 
and even still to this day in the playoffs and in big games when that line is out there and they really get going and it seems like we're just they're throwing bodies every single second the crowd mm-hmm. you know roars and they they've they've brought a lot to this team um the fans fell in love with them their identity um i think it represents a lot of the the people on long island right like that type of work hard mentality blue collar um and that's who these guys are um and i think you know, they, they brought a lot of good things to this team. But like I said, as, you know, as you get older, the game wears on you, which is happening. Uh, Martin and Clutterbuck aren't the fastest anymore. And the game is becoming a young man's game with speed. Uh, so they're kind of dying out, so to speak. But, um, you know, like I said, uh, I think it is their last their last run at the can here. And, uh, you know, they might not even be together for this whole year. We'll have to see. Well, going to number four, will Lane Lambert keep the Engvall Nelson Palmieri line intact that helped bring the Islanders to the playoffs? And Anthony, I'm going to bring up an old line that was really good and almost got the Islanders in the playoffs. Is it going to be that line or is it going to be closer to the Martin Clutterbuck? And I'm talking about with chemistry. The line that I'm going to refer to is, and Islander fans, if you're old like us, you might remember this line. Reichel, Smolinski, Palfi. Yeah, and then the um, next year, good. There was even the uh, the after that the lucky sevens line with Bates, Parrish, and Pekka. Um, that was that was a great line too. Um, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, they played really well down the stretch. Uh, I think going into camp again, similar to kind of the, the fourth line. I think Lane's going to give them a chance to to be together um, and see you know see if they could pick up where they left off. Um, and I think that's how it's going to go. Um, I mean, granted now, if something happened, you know, if, if, uh, you know, they don't really seem to be clicking right away, you know, he, he may, he may make a change, but I think at the very start, they're going to be together. Um, you know, and they kind of suit each other. Well, Paul Mary is a guy that, you know, he works hard in the corners. He get he digs, digs, gets the puck out. Um, you know, Nelson and Engvall, you know, the guys who really carry the puck and, you know, um, carry the weight on the line, but, you know, Paul Mary, had 16 goals in only 52 games last year. He was on track to kind of get back to his production that he showed so consistently in New Jersey, where he had 24 goals or more five years in a row. Um, that's the Islander. That's the player that the Islanders need. Um, and if he stays healthy, um, I think he could be a big contributor on this line. Of course, obviously with Engvall, but Nelson is the, is the key guy here. Um, you know, he's the pivot. Uh, they use him sometimes as the matchup center. Uh, I mean, we talk. We can't really say enough good things about Brock Nelson. Um, he makes no, he that line, he makes that line go, um, and I think, like I said, they're going to be given the chance to kind of pick up where they left off here. Uh, and speaking about uh, good things said about Brock Nelson, I remember uh, one of your questions, one of your Bartok topics, was that he's the best second line center in hockey, and Filk had the correct thing go. I think he might be the Islanders' best center. What are you talking? Uh, that's and it's amazing the line of progression Brock Nelson has been on the last few years, and he's a two-way center. He just he, he has just been incredible. Your question earlier, by the way, to uh, Sean, can the Islanders afford to invest in him after next season if he keeps going up like this? I, I think you're going to have to. You have yeah. to. Yeah. Um. You know, you talk again, you know, let's say he scores 35 goals again. Um, you know, even though he's going to be 32 this coming year, 
um, you know, you gotta, you gotta take a look at, you know, extending him next, you know, uh, when he's eligible next, uh, next summer, because, um, you know, he's, he's your key contributor on this team. And, um, you know, like I said, he seems to be getting better with age and, uh, you know, Pierre Engvall said, uh, the other day he was, he sat down and he was interviewed and he talked about, you know, before he got to the team, you know, he thought that, you know, Nelson was just, you know, kind of your basic typical just shooter. And, and he just said that he's such, he's better in really all the other areas that I didn't expect him to be. He's, he's rangy. He's a lot faster than he appears. Um, and they, you know, they, they had great, they had great chemistry, the three of them. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing what they could do uh, in camp and, you know, preseason and eventually the regular season. I think actually one of the answers to this question also is you better keep them on together. They just committed a lot of term to yeah. Pierre Ingvall. Ingvall. And the the only thing that should separate this line is an injury to Paul Mary. The and good thing is Engvall, Engvall can play, you know, he can fill that third line role too. I mean, he's that middle, he's your prototypical middle six player. Um, and, you know, in Toronto, they, they have so much talent. I think he wasn't given the opportunity to display it. But, I mean, last year he had a career high in goals. He had 17 goals. Um, I don't see any reason why Engvall can't score at least 20 this year uh, playing on that second line. Um, he's going to be given a lot of ice time to do it. So, If you're going to tell me there's 70 goals on that line, that is a hell of a second line. Yep. So moving on to number three, who plays alongside Bo Horvat and Matt Barzell? I think Anders Lee is given the first crack at this. Um, you know, he, he he's a natural left winger, captain. Um, you know, and Lee, Lee compliments these two, the you know, Horvat and Barzell a little bit in the sense that, you know, Seminole Palmieri on that second line, you know, he goes into the corners, he protects the puck, he digs it out, brings it out, um, gives them a net foot presence so when they do shoot, there's someone there to clean up the rebound, deflect the puck, which, you know, you're talking top 10 players in front of the net. Um, Lee's probably even top five. Um, he's real good in that area. Uh, like you said, Mark, he's he's definitely good for 28 goals. That seemed like the number he stuck on the last two years. But, um, you know, he's a guy that if everything goes well, could score 30. I mean, he's done it before. So um, the only thing, obviously, he's not, he's not the fastest player. Um, but – I, I think he's given that first shot at it. Again, if they wanted to put really give Oliver Wallstrom a look and a strong chance, they could move Barzell to the left and then put Wallstrom on the right. And then that would mean Lee would play with uh, Pajot on the, on the left side and Fashing uh, plays the right side in that third line, which he is a natural right winger. Um, so that could work too. But I think they're going to start with Anders Lee on that left side. Yeah, I think you got to go with the captain. And I, I know he's he's sort of like a, a name that's thrown around like Chris Kreider is for the Rangers, where every fan wants to demote him without thinking, all right, but who's going to produce? Because yeah. after all, Anthony, how many goals is Anders Lee going to score this year? Hopefully more than 28, but uh, <laughs> I think at the baseline, that's that's what he's penciled for. <laughs> well, when you do it basically three different times in the last five years, and and one of those times he was projected to get there if the season didn't stop. So there's there's another thing. And also never forget what Anders Lee brings to this team on the power play. That's that's another thing too. Going 
with the power play and talking more about that, Anthony, John McClain back as the assistant coach to run the Islanders power plays. What adjustments do you think he can make? And it's always, it's it's funny thinking about this question because hell, John McClain was a hell of a power play guy. You know, you you mentioned to Sean when you asked him, um, it doesn't make sense because there's just there's despite what people say overall about the Islanders and the talent, there's so much talent here uh, on this power play, and it does it baffles my mind. You, you have Barzell who has probably the best edge work in, edge work in the league and is a great passer. Then you have a guy in Brock Nelson who has hell of a shot. Then you have one of the best net fronts presence in Lee in Lee on there. Um, Noah Dobson, who sees the ice well, great. So those are four guys right there that have really, really good talents. And yet when you put them all together, you get a 30th ranked power play. It honestly doesn't make much it doesn't make any sense to me. Um I don't know what he could do. Uh, maybe simplify things. I know they say, you know, keep it, you know, keep it, keep it simple, right? Stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think the, the perfect setup is you need to have Lee parked in front of the net. Uh, obviously, you have, you're going to have Dobson on top of the umbrella distributing the puck. Um, and then Nelson is going to be on his right side because Nelson has that one-timer capability in his shot. Um, and then you should have Barzell along the half wall, right, on the left. Um, and then you put Horvat in the bumper. I mean, that, that's the way I would draw it up. Um, I mean, I don't know. They might, you know, they might kind of split up the talent there a little bit and maybe take one of those guys off power play unit one um, and put a guy like maybe Palmieri on, on power play one because he's got a real good shot too. But um, they got a lot of good chess pieces here. It's all just McLean needs to really utilize them in the right spot. And one thing I noticed too is last year, part of the problem is, you know, when fans yell shoot, which all fan bases do, but um, mm. I think too many times last year, the Islanders got too cute. They were looking for that perfect play. When again, sometimes it's just a matter of keeping it simple. I mean, you have a big ox like Anders Lee in front of the net, just put the puck at the net. You know, chances are he's, if he doesn't deflect it, he's at least going to screen the goalie. So, um, you know, maybe get get back, yeah, get back to basics there. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, if they, like you said, if they want to be a better team, even getting their power play to like 15th in the league would work. I think they need to run it through Dobson and take a little bit less decision-making out of Matt Barzell's hands. Not that Matt Barzell was not capable. Matt Barzell was more than capable. It's just the problem, I think, for him is I think he feels a little bit of the pressure, and I think he gets pass-happy. When you're pass-happy, you're always looking for the pass. You're not looking for the shot as much. Matt Barzell needs to trust his shot. His shot is better than what a lot of conventional people think it is. And if that's the case, they got you got to run it through Dobson because you know you're going to get good options from uh, – or, or at least shots – from Nelson and from Horvat that are going to shoot the puck. And then again, if you got Andrews Lee there to clean up, that this power play should not be 30th. No, absolutely they not. should be 30th. And I nope. think all the players will tell you this. And also part of the reason for the, for the drop-off was, I mean, it wasn't Matt Barzell injury. That was a very big factor. And that's mm-hmm. another reason why I think the Islanders need to shift their focus because they have a ball. let's go across across the river. The New York Rangers power play runs through Adam Fox more than it runs through Artemi Panarin. So, and he's the he's the main distributor. It's basically the same setup in a way. 
You got one guy that passes a lot. And then you got a Absolutely. big shot with Banajad and uh and Kreider in front. It's the same it's the same the Islanders can easily have just as good of a power play. All right. And the last one of course with Zach Parise uh appearing that he won't be returning, I think you might see him mid-season with the Islanders potentially. That's just my hypothesis. Uh, can Hudson Fashing or Oliver Wallstrom replace his 21 goals on the third line? That is a big ask, Anthony. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it, it definitely is. Um, you know, Zach Prize, as as Sean and I both agreed, he, he was the hardest worker on the team. Um, and then hardest Bruce, worker on any team. Yeah, <laughs> to Bruce, 21 goals on top of that. Um, so you know, again, you know. Will Wallstrom play on the top line? Um, will he play on the third line with Pajot and, you know, maybe Fashing on the other side? Um, so I think it's going to be by committee, right? I mean, Hudson Fashing, last year was his first year where he got a crack at the can in the NHL, and he scored 10 goals. I mean, I, I, I really liked his game. He's a big body. He brought the puck to the net. Um, you know, he, he, he shot the puck. He didn't hold on to it too long. I think there's another there's another gear to his game, um, and then obviously Wallstrom, you know, he has he has the shot that rivals Nelson. So, um, you know, he certainly has the capability of hopefully getting to that you know twenty plus goal plateau, which a lot of people thought he he could do when he got drafted. Um, so he's going to be given uh, a real big spot here to produce. Um, I mean, the other option is one of the kids. You know, Lou mentioned Dufour, Ishikov, Maggio, but I don't. Barring one of them blowing the doors off at camp, I, I don't think they'll make the team and stick. But um, who who's safe? There's an injury midseason; they come up or they earn it. But um, going forward, maybe one of those guys. But for now, uh, I would say Wallstrom or Fashing need to kind of combine together to make to you know, replicate Parise's production. And don't forget one other guy that's going to be factored into that is JG Pajot. Thirteen goals last year, seventy games. A healthy Pajot, let's say if he gets to 20, that's going to also help it too. That's, like I said, that's a big ask to ask anybody, hey, can you score 20 goals in the NHL replacing a guy who's probably one of the more underrated American-born players of all time and uh, a guy that's as clutch as what he is. And who knows, maybe even Zach Parise gets a chance to replace Zach Parise if he decides to come back later on in the year. But um, I I really like what Hudson Fashing brings. I think it's just – it's too much to ask a guy who just got a real taste of the NHL, as you said, and had uh, 10 goals last year. Like, the Islanders got real value out of him. I think there's a good chance that he can duplicate that again this year even if there's a, a, a puck that goes just off his shin pad. And, and it wasn't that, I think that was a Buffalo game with like a like closing minutes yeah. that he was yeah. able to do that. And um, the, yeah, you know what? The other, the other element is a guy that, you know, um, <laughs> Julian Gauthier. I mean, I, I think, you know, who knows? They, they might give him a shot to, they might give him a shot to see what he could do. Um, I mean, the one thing I'll say about Gauthier is he's got, he's got good speed. And he's got good offensive instinct. It's just about it's about finishing, um, and you know maybe change of scenery. They 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 give him they give him a real look next to Pajot um, and see what he could do. But 
uh, you got to include him at least being in the mix as well. Yeah, I, I, I got to include him. I really don't have to pay attention to him, though. Uh, <laughs> uh, Anthony, you ever hear the term in baseball that pitchers got good stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you get those guys that you just you just go, hey, Anthony, they got good stuff. They got such good stuff. Yeah. You never hear them get called a good pitcher? The reason why is because their stuff, their slider, their curveball, everything is so good. But yet that ball just finds the middle of the plate and he gets hammered. <laughs> Yeah. He gets tattooed like uh, like a biker. I mean, this is not exactly uh, Julian Goche. I've seen this movie before, and it wasn't a good one. Um, he's there just doesn't seem to be a complete game to him, and maybe he finds that in, in with the Islanders, but I I don't now, see I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna make this correlation to you because it's the same situation. It was a it was a Ranger discard. That came to the Islanders and kind of, you know, carved out a a decent career and actually later on got paid from another team. I don't know if you if you know where I'm going with this, but um, P.A. Parento, P.A. Parento okay. was was never really given a, a a chance by the Rangers. He comes to the Islanders, has a couple of good years where he puts up a decent amount of points, and then he got a big deal from Colorado. Um, do you see any way that Julian Gauthier could? Maybe the, a similar thing can happen to him if you know the Islanders gave him a a real chance at playing some third line minutes with some you know skilled players. No, no, <laughs> uh, and, and I'm, I'm I'm just gonna say like like that. It's and and be that frank. He seems to only have one real goal scoring move, which is uh, drive the net and shoot far side on your on his forehand. Uh, he doesn't really seem to have the jam when plays are breaking down or when plays are continuing. I think every single goal he scored as a New York, as a New York Ranger was either on the rush or off a faceoff. That was about it. Mm-hmm. If you if you could find me another goal that he had that wasn't either on the rush or off a faceoff, please throw it down, email it to me, and I'll be like, wow, there was that one. But uh, yeah, well, I haven't seen Mr. Jamspan here so before, so welcome. But yeah, he actually brought uh, Arno Arno Durando. He actually uh, um, looked pretty good when he got some time in. Um, he's just he's a fast player. Uh, you know, I think again, all these guys they're going to be given looks. Um, I think he, you know, he might be ticketed for Bridgeport again. But there, he's another guy that if he impressed enough, I think he could fit somewhere in that bottom six too. So. We'll have to see how it plays out. But also to answer your question on this, Anthony, uh, I'm not sure if youngsters. Well, actually, you know what? I was going to start that sentence. I did start it, actually. But I'm going to save it because we have that topic coming in in Bar Talk later. We're going to be talking about some of the uh, players. So we're going to X out of this right now, everybody. Uh, Of course, by the way, thanks to Sean for joining us. And we're going to have a message from DraftKings. And then we're going to do some New York Islanders bar talk. Hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. 
Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Shot. This is the easiest I've ever to answer. Let me say beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. By the way, I got a little bit trigger happy right there, everybody. That promo code for the DraftKings is THPN. That's for the Hockey Podcast Network one of our partners. But everybody, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we are gauging our confidence on these NHL or New York Islanders topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident that you don't want to buy everybody around? Or are you just like so-so, have a beer? Uh, well, or are you just not that confident? You're like, gah, I need a shot. And of course, uh, reminder, why go to the liquor store when you can have Drizzly bring it all to you? Beer, liquor, wine, whatever you want. Great for parties. Click the link below. Start up an account. And once again, Big Apple Hockey hats and shirts are available in our eBay store. Click the link that's in the description. Anthony, this was one of our bar talk topics that we can't help but get on. We, we wanted to do it last week. We ran out of time. And it, it's kind of infuriating that it or just... I can't even believe this was an actual thing that was said, to be honest with you. Also, by the way, Anthony, you got rock star hair going on right now, the way you have that. <laughs> um, ESPN predicts Brock Nelson will notch 49 points. Brock Nelson will score over 55 and a half points. So this is a round. Um, I mean, the, the, the guy, the guy's going to probably score at least, at least 35 goals. Um, you know, he had career high in points last year, 75. Uh, I, I honestly, I, I expect him to, I expect him to be at that level again this year. I mean, this is a guy that, um, two years ago when he scored 37 goals, um, he missed, he missed a couple of games too. I think at least five, he probably would have hit 40 for the first time in his career, um, I don't know what ESPN was 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 kind of smoking on this, but Brock Nelson hasn't scored under 50 points, um, I believe, since 2017, 2018, in, in, a, in a full season. They're they're on they're on crack. I mean, this is this is that was a joke. Um, put total disrespect on Brock's name. I don't know what the formulation was that they used that, but um, it's out to lunch. Uh, this is this is a layup. It's a round. And Brock Nelson, I think I have him ticketed to reading to reaching that four zero number when it comes to goals this year. Uh, I got to tell you, if I was walking into a bar on Thanksgiving Eve, and I would be so confident that I'd be buying everybody around on this one because, or St. Patrick's Day, or if you're in Wantaw, the St. Patrick's Day parade, you should see how Boss Burgers gets. It's one of those things, Anthony. I got to agree. What the hell were they smoking? Like, are, are they predicting Connor McDavid to get 65 points? It's just, you're, you're absolutely ridiculous 
in saying that Brock Nelson is going to score 49 points when he has <laughs> 37 goals last year and is he, he's been over 70 the last two years. Give me a break. I mean, that's just dumb. But you are predicting the Islanders' Brock Nelson will score over 40 goals? Well, over, I, I think he gets the 40 this year. Yes, I, I think he gets the 40. 37 two years ago, 36 last year. Um, you know, he, he's their best goal scorer. I think he does it this year. I, I think I think he does it. I'm going to go beer on this one. I'm not sure if he's a 40-goal scorer. That is not a slight at him. But then again, it there are some – the Islanders have a 40-goal scorer on their team right now. Problem is nobody remembers that uh, Anders Lee did it. It's been so long. Yeah, but he did do it. And, uh, by the way, Anthony, I also got to correct myself because I did joke saying that the Islanders haven't had a sniper in – uh, since Ziggy Palfi, but they did. He, he just plays in Toronto now. Um, I know it's he who shall not be named. <laughs> going back to it, uh, going back to the guy who was the Islanders and Mark, uh, not, not, not the Nick pick though. And that's it's fair. Your opinion you said you don't think he's a 40 goal scorer, as I referenced two years ago, 37 goals. You played in 72 games. I only thought he missed five, he missed 10 games. Missed 10 games, yeah. Three goals in those ten games. So oh, he easily I mean, again. He easily could do it. I'm just not a buyer that Brock is gonna is. I, I, I look at Brock and I think Brock is a two way player who um, has his responsibilities defensively. I don't look at him and just think forty goals. If he proves me wrong, I am more than happy for Brock Nelson to do that because after all, we have this constant debate. Could could Brock Nelson make Team USA? And in years past, the answer would have been absolutely. But yeah, now there's it's so much, there's so much young talent and his age. By the time the next Olympics come around, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Looking over at Matt Barzell, 51 points in 58 games. He went on that weird stretch to begin the season where he was a point a game, all with assists. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no way! No way is that happening, Core. I'm not sure if Gauthier scores four, never mind 40. Um, but Matt Barzell will hit the 80-point threshold this season. So, obviously, he did it his rookie year. I'm going to go beer. I'm not going to round this one. I, I mean, I think he can. But So, if you look at his production last year, 51 and 58, so that, you know, that, that falls short of 80. But um, I, think, I think Barzell will get back to uh, – 70 points, uh, especially playing a Horvat is if he, if he stays healthy. Um, I think, I think he absolutely will. I mean, he's shown he has the talent to do it. Um, so it's certainly possible. That's why I'm not going to go, you know, shot, but I think, um, you know, a, a fair prediction for him is, you know, getting back to 70 points. Uh, I, I certainly think he certainly has the playmaking ability to do it. You know, if him and Horvat click and he's feeding Horvat and Horvat's feeling it, um, I mean, the guy could have, you know, 50 assists alone. So um, I, I, I think it's possible, but I, I'm going to, you know, play it a little conservative and, and say that he, he reaches at least 70. Well, to be fair. 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 Matt Barzell's got the talent to do it. He should have been doing this a long time ago. 
Uh, I'm going to go shot on this, not because I don't believe in Matt Barzell. It's just because that game just hasn't translated the last few years. I, th- I, as well as a lot of hockey fans, I would love to see Matt Barzell be able to do this, but he just, he just hasn't broken through or been able to mix the, the defense and the offense in his game. I think it's his highs since Lou took over was 65 points, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, so eight, that's since 18, 19, uh, 60, 62 points. All right, 62 points. Uh, can then, he do it? Yeah, and then, you know, in 19, in 21 22, he had 59 and 73. Obviously, he missed nine games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, like I said, I, I think he's going to get back to being a 70 point player, but, you know. 70 points, um, yeah, that, that's definitely feasible. I think the one thing he wants to be an 80 point player again is he's going to have to shoot the puck more. Everybody's yeah, going to passing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what they're planning on. Anthony, who led the NHL in shutouts last year? Uh, that'd be Ilya Sorokin. And Ilya Sorokin, who has, I believe, the most shutouts in the NHL the last two years, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Because I didn't prepare a stat for that. So I had to make sure I got that yeah. one. Hey, still haven't had a Mark messed up uh, GIF in this yeah. one yet. Anthony Ilya Sorokin will lead the league in shutouts this season again. I mean, it's round. He did it last year, two years ago. Um, I think he was tied for the lead with with Markstrom. Um, he has sixteen. He has sixteen career shutouts already. Remember that ridiculous stat last year? He has the most uh, shutouts when it comes to the percentage of the games that he's played in. Um, mm-hmm. He it seems like you know every two or three games the guy's pitching a goose egg, um, you know. So yeah, I, I think I think it's around. Um, I think he wins it again. And there's a lot of talented goalies in this league, believe me. Um, but for whatever reason, for whatever reason, he seems to be a guy that just just gets shutouts like it's like it's candy. So I think he's going to lead the league again in shutouts this year. Um, and the scary thing is over the last two years. There are so many times he lost a shutout. There are times in the last seconds, uh, in the last couple of minutes. Could have even more. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think this is a round for sure. Like the Blackhawks game, I think you lost it with 30 seconds remaining. Yeah. yeah. It was, or even less than that one. By the way, Anthony, this is a whole lot of rounds. Uh, again, this is one, I'll say it again. You go into New York City and go to Times Square. And I'll buy a round for everybody on this one. Two reasons why I'm going to do this. Uh, because A, Ilias Rogan's got the talent and the focus to do this. The other thing is, if you remember what Jim Dowd said when he was on with us during the summer, that was back during the, the mentality that's set from Lou Lamarillo is shutouts, one goal game wins. And they were making uh, lots of money with bonuses back then with Jim Dowd. They can't do it today, obviously. Uh, But on the other hand, that's the mentality, I think, that permeates from Lou all the way down. If there's a shutout, go get the shutout. If there's a one-goal game, go win that one-goal game. And I I think the Islanders always are going to be thinking that when there's that goose egg with 10 minutes remaining, 
they're going to be thinking, I got to get this kid a shutout. And that's why they're going to keep fighting all the way through and making sure that. We talked about this earlier. And by the way, there's a bit of an asterisk with this one. But Matt Martin, Cal Clutterbuck, and Casey Zizigas have been together since 2013. Yes, we know. We mentioned it. There's the two years Matt Martin was in Toronto. Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck will both play at least 65 games. Anthony. I think this is a shot. Last year, Clutterbuck played 49 injuries two years ago, 59. Um, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see it happening. I think they're just the way they play um, just causes for their body to get banged up and bruised. And Clutterbuck has more so specific, more so than Martin, but um, you know, he, it seems like he can't really stay healthy for a long stretch of time. So um yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening. I, I think, um, you know, whether it be because they're going to start, you know, the transition of going into a different direction with the fourth line and using some of them as healthy scratches, incorporating younger players, combined with getting injured, I, I don't see it happening. Shot. Uh, Matt Martin played 80, 81 games. That's good for him. His body is holding up. He is, uh, and he also produced the most points he has in his career. Cal Clutterbuck, uh, 49 games last year. I, I can't confidently say they'll both be in 65. And, yeah, it is time to start transitioning and making sure you got something left. And, again, I mean, Yeoman's work for, for Cal Clutterbuck, he's done a hell of a job for the New York Islanders. One guy who is still sort of, we'll use the term, a budding star player, a guy that was on the hockey guys' list of the best defensemen in the league, but not on our John Falkowski's list for the best defenseman, which uh, Anthony was disappointed about in a short. You should check that out. Uh, Noah Dobson, 48 points two seasons ago. Or sorry, last year, 51 points two seasons ago. And uh, if you remember, Anthony, last year in the season preview, I put up, I think it was since December 1st, Noah Dobson and Adam Fox in a comparison, and it was a lot closer. Noah Dobson will have a career high in points this season. Yeah, you know, last year when it came to the defensive side of the game, I felt like he took a little bit of a step back. Um, at too many times, he made too many questionable decisions with the puck. But when it comes to his offensive skills, um, that I have total confidence in. Um, so, you know what? I'm going to go around here, especially if they, especially if they fix their power play. If they fix their power play, which he's going to be a mainstay on, that's going to just help him accumulate more points. Um, you know, this is a guy, like Sean said, I mean, he basically scored 50 points last year, fell too short. Um, but I think that he has the ability to score, you know, 60 points in a season. Um, he's he's very skilled. He moves the puck well. He sees the ice well. He's got a good shot. Um, he's going to get those power play minutes. And like I said, if that power play even goes to 15, he's going to accumulate a lot more points on the power play alone. Um, so I'm going to go around here. I, I, I'm to put a number on it. Um, you know, I say he scores like around, you know, 57, you know, 58 points. Um, but I certainly think he's a guy that could be a 60 plus point defenseman going forward. Remember he's only 23 years old. I think if he's a passenger in the car on that power play, then he's going to be stuck around 50 points. And I don't know if that's a career high. If they let him drive the car, I think he gets into the 60s 
that's how good I think Noah Dobson is. And uh, it's one of those things that I think they're going to have to put the trust in him. And I think he's going to show that. Uh, you know what, Anthony? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy around on this one. I think it's kind of a bit of a layup in, in a way because he's already hovering around there to begin with. But it's one of those things that they got to trust Noah Dobson a lot more. And as, as we discussed before, uh, this kid can be something special for them and be, uh, uh, I'd probably say their best defenseman since, or offensively at least, since uh, maybe Adrian Acoin, uh in like the early 2000s. Also because I thought Adrian Acoin. So Mark yeah. Streit. Mark Streit. Okay, there's another one. But Mark Streit wasn't really known for his defense. Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously, but he was. He, I think he was the last prior to Dobson. I think he was the last Islander defenseman to put up fifty points. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, the first ever Swiss captain in the NHL, if I recall correctly. Yep. But uh, so th- the other thing, though, with with um, because obviously Adam Pellick is is a great defenseman, and that that's a no brainer. They just need to just get. Dobson to take that next step, and I think he's ready to do it. So we'll see about that one. We got one more, and then we're going to be taking uh, your questions. I don't have a lead-in for this one, Anthony, but we're just going to jump right into it. William DeFore, Ruslan Ishikov, and Matthew Maggio. That one's an easy one to pronounce. <laughs> uh, we'll make the team out of training camp. Anthony. Um. I am going to go with a with a shot. Um, not because that I don't think any of them have like they're ready or or the talent. There's no question about that. I mean, Maggio was led the OHL in scoring. Um, definitely showed a lot of promise. William DeFore had a great first year in Bridgeport. Uh, so did Ishikov. Small but really silky smooth, talented. Um, however. It's a it's a numbers game, right? I mean, for them to for them to make the team, not 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 even like in the in the starting twelve, but then you have guys like you know Simon Holmstrom who's still in the mix for a spot, um, uh, Carson Kuhlman who they signed, then Ross Johnston, um, Julian Gauthier. So the, all these guys um, that uh, the aforementioned ones would have to be placed on waivers where these guys could go right down without having to go through. So um, they would, one of them would have to really, really stick out like a sore thumb and like really like, like shine for one of them to make the team. I know Lou mentioned them when talks about like, you know, getting that spot Parise left, but um, I don't, I don't think any of them um, are going to make it just because I don't, I don't see the, the roster space for it. So um, I'll go shot. I'm going to go shot to look at Lou's career. He's a veteran, uh, veteran um, leaning guy. And with good reason, there's, there's lots of reason to have to have the veterans up. He likes to plug and play the younger players as they come along. Very rarely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, very rarely does he go with uh, youth first. So, uh, I'm going to go with that. It's going to be the veterans. Maybe the youth comes in. Somebody goes in and takes the job. 
I, I keep hearing about the four. It might be one more season on him before he really gets a, a real shot at this. But um, I definitely, I definitely think that no, nobody's going to be surprising anybody. I, I heard that they want Ishikov to make the league. Uh, yeah, to, he's 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 uh he's he's super talented. Uh, you know, Chris Terry, who previously played for Bridgeport, um, said that he's he's the most talented player he's played with down there. Um, it's just a matter of size and learning. You know, learning the pro game. Um, we're in the North American game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they all, I mean, they all, they're all super talented. They both have different skill sets. You know, William before is a bigger player, um, who, you know, relies, uh, relies on his elite level shot already. Um, Ishikov, like I said, he's a smaller guy, speed, silky smooth, um, you know, hands, all that. And then Maggio is kind of like, um, you know, a, a, well, He's similar to Ishikov, just got he's got more size. Um, but I think all these guys have have a potential future. I just like I said, I I don't see them any of them making the team all you know off the bat just because of the numbers game, the amount of guys they yeah. have right now. Yeah, and that's where the hard part comes in. And again, like I said to you before, Lou is gonna favor the 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 veterans anyway. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Scott Gomez and you you show that you got the promise, and the next yep. thing you know, you're the rookie of the year for the New Jersey Devils, like he was in uh, 1999, if I recall correctly. I believe so. All right, all right. Well, that's the end of Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, everybody, and thank you all for watching that. Now, let's get to some questions and. Uh, we could always play a quick game of Puck Doku, and the best part about it is Anthony and I didn't play this morning. So all of our answers are going to be up for grabs. I'm assuming that um, that uh, Crossman will be mentioned today or, uh, or Adam Creighton. But uh, yeah, let's, we get- uh, let's, 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 go with, uh, let's go with Puck Doku right now, and then and we'll know. take some questions. Oh, by the way, Cor, so uh, my favorite – uh, it's going to be down between Cam Talbot and, uh, let's see, Cam Talbot and uh, and Alexander Georgiev. Jeez, I mean, I can't even fathom that. For I love it that that you got people in when they're talking about the LA Kings. It's oh, can Cam Talbot uh, do it for for the Kings this year? I'll answer that. No, yeah, two eighty save percentage, two eighty goals against last year. And you and you're going on a team that yeah they got better defense sort of but basically went from the Ottawa Senators to the LA Kings they're the same freaking team now so we're going to be trying to get more um, shorts for team previews coming in because we might be running out of time on team previews. I'm going to plug. All right, here we go. Mine, do it. All right, so let's start. Uh, Carolina slash Whalers ninety. 900 save percentage. Let's try to go. Uh, how about Jason Muzzati? Jason Muzzati. Jason Muzzati for Carolina and the which far one? right? Not that. Not that square. The, the not, there yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Jason. Jason Muzzati. Here we go. Point three. Nice. nice. All right. Yeah, uh, All right. So Devils. I mean. Obviously, Brodeur would be way high. Um, yeah. uh Oh, Jan, I mean, Jan Donis. Jan Donis, who played for the Islanders. 
He also played for the Devils. You know, Y. Jan with a Y. Oh, y. okay. There we go. Is it Donis or? D-A-N. D-A-N-I-S. Okay. All right. I'm obviously spelling Jan wrong. There it is. This two ends. Oh, there you go. John Donis. How about that? All right. Columbus Blue Jackets. Columbus. Goalies. That's a little hard because, I mean, guys like Mark Denis and, and Pascal LeClaire are probably going to be high because they're, they're like their main guys that everyone really remembers. Yeah. Um, talking and that probably. Um, Elvis you know was Matt, Matt, Yeah, but he's current. That's going to be way high. Um, Matthew Garan didn't play there long, but Matthew Garan, I think. All right. Ready to try it? Yeah. Matthew Garan is in there. All right. Now we uh, have the – this is the Winnipeg Jets slash Atlanta Threshers. And uh, – that's, that's tough because the Blue Jackets-Threshers combination, a lot of the – a lot of like the, the – the obvious ones. Um, oh, this is a blast from the past. Jean-Luc Grandpierre. Jean-Luc Grandpierre. Wow. I have not. Uh, and it's Columbus, Winnipeg, right? Yep, Atlanta. Col okay, let's do it. Boom. Jean-Luc Grandpierre. Yeah, I remember hearing his name all the time and then thinking he was going to be something special. Uh, Columbus and the Capitals, or if you want to try to see if you can break one of these. Columbus um, and Capitals? Yeah. Uh, Chris Beach. Chris Beach. Chris Beach. Chris Beach it is. One? Wow, I thought he'd be less than one. Damn. One. Yeah, I, I thought he'd well. Fortunately, everybody still remembers failures. Okay, so we still have uh, we have New Jersey Devils and the Atlanta Thrashers slash uh, uh, the Winnipeg Jets. The guy so I, was I, got, thinking, I think I got uh, two. I think I got two. Johnny Oduya or Bergforce? They'll probably be. Uh, I think they might be a little higher. Uh, Hmm. Patrice Pat Patrice Cormier or or oh wait wait who's the guy um Pascal 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 not the Puy oh Pascal Riome Pascal Riome yeah 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 that's got to be Pascal Riome point four percent good call if I recall correctly that was Menon's brother I'm not sure Menon, yeah I'm not sure. Uh, we'll double check that one. I could have sworn that was her brother, but I mean, oh, I might be wrong just right now, saying it out loud and worried about that. Uh, obviously, Capitals and Devils, Marcus Johansson or Scott Stevens, but let's stay away from those. Core is saying Connor Carrick. Um, I don't know. Carrick, Connor Carrick played for Washington. Uh, I'll check that out real quick. Um, I got a good one for for Atlanta, Carolina. Is it Ray Ferraro? No, uh, Eric Belanger. 
Eric Belanger. Uh, by the way, it was Connor Carrick. Carrick. Connor Carrick has played for Washington and New Jersey. Yes. That's a good Is one, that then, good? actually. That's a good one. I'm not, that might he's, be high. He's, he's current. Yeah, but uh, try do Eric Belanger for Atlanta, Atlanta and Hartford slash Carolina. Eric Blanger, 0.6%. The best part about Anthony is that he's able to get through all these by remembering tough guys. So, and goalies. You know you that there's, there's no, there's no way to use my, uh, to use my staples of Crossman and Diddick in this one. <laughs> no, there isn't. Reply. Uh, Carolina and Washington. Carolina and Washington. Obviously, it would be Justin Williams, but we're not going to use him. Uh, See, you know what I do in situations like these? I don't think of it as Carolina. I think of it as Hartford because if you think of Hartford, it's more obscure. Um, like Dave Tippett. Dave Tippett. Dave Tippett's a good one. And the Capitals. You want me to try Dave Tippett? Yeah, do Dave Tippett. He was a hell of a coach. There was one guy that I wish the Rangers would have gotten back in 2013. I mean, but then again, I got to see it at NHL. 0.3. 0.3. So we just have this Capitals and New Jersey one. And well, yes, Corey, Connor Corey, Carrick is, Corey is saying Carrick is below 1%. If that's true, then I, I would plug in Carrick there. All right. We're going to go with it. This is actually the shortest Puck uh, Doku we've had. Connor Carrick and boom, uniqueness of one. Nice. Nice. I would like to say that this is the lowest I've gotten, but it's uh, not there. Connor Carrick. 0.8%. Um, in case if anybody was wondering, let's see. Uh, uh, I just want to check what they had on there for Johansson. Um, um, where's Marcus Johansson? So uh, there he is. Marcus Johansson, 10% right now. Yeah, so. way too high. That was that good is, that yeah, was a good that one. is a good one. That was a good one. Um, all right, let's get back to this. And now let's get back to some Q&A. Let's get some Q&A in here, guys. So, uh, Gauthier will be a blooming Brendan Shanahan. Absolutely not, Mike. I don't think that's happening at all. Uh, a little bit of a self-alley-oop. So there's some news before, not big news, but uh, they announced. Um, so the all the skills competition is going to be on February second. The All Star game February third. Um, the trade the trade deadline was set for March eighth, <sighs> and the playoffs. Begin Monday, April twenty second. So we've got some dates there that the. Uh, All right, let me make sure I get the trade deadline noted right now, March eighth. Yeah, because after all, there's going to be other dates. I'm going to have to be focusing on next year. Yeah, stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> but uh, NHL trade deadline alert me. 10 days before and 14 days. Uh, we'll make the second alert. Uh, 
two days before. What are your uh, What are your thoughts on uh, Trevor Zegers and Jamie Drysdale in Anaheim still being unsigned? Um. Uh, <laughs> uh, Core, I'd, I'd want to announce anything at a later time. So, uh, uh, so, uh, what's my scoring another point on the ice or are you getting engaged? I, my, I don't know. It, it'd be interesting to see on that one. My thoughts on Zegers and it's going to get done. You aren't you already engaged? <laughs> what's <laughs> we all right well uh because i'd like to i'd like to announce things not in the middle of uh or at the end of a oh, podcast my bad. <laughs> my bad let the cat yeah. out of the bag well yeah, you know what Anah- no. anaheim has over 16 million dollars in cap space so that's why i'm 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 a little what's up johnny that's why i'm a little surprised that these two are still in sign. It's not a matter of cap space. Like they got plenty of it, 16 million. Um, the fact that they're still un- unsigned is, uh, is a little strange to me. I think it's a little bit strange. I think I'm also trying to get them to do more bridge deals for future, um, for future contracts. I don't think yeah. they're willing to just go Trevor Zegers. Here you go. Cause like the auto with which, which would you, decide that you'd want to do this would you want to do the ottawa senators method of all right we know this guy's going to be part of our core let's lock him up long term but you don't really know if that's going to be the case or not because i think i think that's a risky situation and i didn't like it when the rangers did it with adam fox i think you have to have the hammer while you use it. And I do get it, Anthony, where it's, if you're doing this, there's gotta be, uh, there, there should be, you should probably do it when the guy's going to be producing. But in the case of say Adam Fox, let's say he's producing through the rest of the contract, the Rangers going to have to pay him more money in the next one. So I'm not a big believer in, and just handing out money. I mean, Sidney Crosby took a bridge deal. Mm-hmm. So everybody else could take bridge deals. But you know something? That's probably what they're doing. And Jamie Drysdale hasn't really played as much. Jamie Drysdale doesn't have a leg to stand on. Yeah. Trevor Zegers, on the other hand, has been a human highlight machine, an all-star. And that's where he's, he's going to be good. So uh, I... I I don't take much out of it. I just take it as negotiations and camp doesn't start till next week. Anyway, they could sign the eve before camp and they'll be fine. I'm going to go about like two more minutes. All right. Not a problem. Uh, it's actually a good idea yeah, for both of us. I'm going to do some stuff. Um, so we got to figure out uh, when, when we're going to do a season preview show. Yeah. Uh, the season preview show, hopefully uh, we'll get it within the next two weeks. We'll all have – we're going to have to do um, – everybody's got to have their predictions for the season. We're going to actually do our best season preview show coming up. We'll do. We'll talk about the Rangers. We'll talk about the Islanders. We'll talk about um, the, the whole league, 
who's going to win the awards. After all, the, the man right there predicted who was going to win the Rookie of the Year. Uh, the Vesna Trophy, none of us had uh, Linus Allmark. And uh, Phil, who did Phil have? Are we going to any um, are we going to any preseason games? That would be a good question. I would love to go to a preseason game. Maybe even do one at the Garden, do one at the do one at UBS. I got. I'm. Are you going to the Rangers home opener? No, I'm not going to be able to. I'm going to try I mean, to go to the Islanders. I'm going to try to go to the Islanders home opener. It's October 14th. Yeah. Well, you'll you'll see. There's fortunately um, more stuff that you'll be able to take with you. Because uh, we got some other things coming. Um, <laughs> and uh, Coral, I'll get you on that one. Yeah, preseason tickets at like $70. They're ridiculous, but. Yeah, that's absurd. That's absurd. I mean, it's preseason. Uh, and there's. And Cora is saying, amazing how your dating life was a main staple of the channel. And now here we are. God bless. God, God bless her. God willing. To be in an open relationship with Justin Huberdo. <laughs> um, but you no, certainly it, are. Uh, yeah, well, for uh for the the the, the blessed Justin Huberdo. Uh <laughs> but the um uh I, I'm I'm planning on this, like I said before, we're gonna have our best. Uh, every I said it to Philk, our best show is always the next one. So that's that's what I can't wait for. Hopefully, uh, we get to be in a studio for that. If not, uh, we'll figure out how we're going to do that. We'll just we'll do it normally. But everybody's going to have their awards. Everybody's going to have their preseason stuff ready to go. And uh, hopefully, I'll have all the graphics. So that'll also be a good thing. Um, what uh, now? Preseason starts next, not next Sunday coming up. The Sunday after next. Yeah, the the Islanders' first preseason game is the twenty sixth against the Rangers. I think the Rangers play before that, though. Yeah, the Rangers play Sunday. They play against the yeah, Bruins. The Islanders play Tuesday. Yeah, and I still shaking my head at that. That it's seventy dollars for a preseason game, and in the meantime, there's. I mean, the, there's it's a football Sunday. How many yeah. people do you think are going to be at the Garden? So, uh, but hell, two years ago we went. We have our video when we were up there when the Islanders shut out the Raiders. I think it was three nothing, and yeah. uh, and you got the ch- your yes, yes, yes. But this time, if we do it, we'll all be on the same train instead of me getting us on the wrong train because well, they play each other. They play each other both. So at the the game on Tuesdays at the Garden, the game on Fridays at UBS. All right, Friday I would not be able to make that one because yeah. I, I got it's, it's bad enough. Uh, I'm taking off two days of work. I got to make sure I'm saving money for lots of reasons. But the Tuesday one, I'd be eligible for that. So uh, yeah, it'd be great if we can go. Um, I get to ask to see if we can get tickets or even just find tickets that are there i mean we could just go there go on StubHub, and probably get tickets for like four uh forty dollars or thirty dollars going on in um i'm gonna head out i gotta get some stuff done while i don't have the kids so they're at school 
Likewise, so, I'm going to have yeah. to get some stuff done. Uh, once again, everybody, you want a Big Apple Hockey shirt or the hat, go to the eBay store. Uh, I'm going to start playing around with the music to get us out of here. And, well, there's Anthony. He just went. And because uh, I, I still love playing this song. It's still a great song. So anyway, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we're going to figure out what the next day we are streaming. We're going to be getting through uh, a little bit of scheduling problems right now, but don't worry about it, everybody. It's going to be another great year. This is actually now episode three of our new season. So can't wait for that. Uh, Johnny Red. Johnny, thank you very much, man. Uh, thank you very much. And Johnny, I gotta agree with you. I I don't think you should give out big contracts just yet. Tim Stokler's one a different story. Brady Kachuk's a different story. But I'm not I'm not big on that one. Uh, and yeah. Uh Pat Pat Beak learned how to play hardball from Stevie Y. DVY doesn't give in, and the Iser plan is a real thing, everybody. So, guys, thank you very much for joining us again today. I can't say it enough. This is always great whenever you're on. Make sure you watch the replays and some of the others. I still have more of the Neil Smith interview I have to edit and get to you guys. So, there's going to be more of that, and I might try to get some of that done this afternoon. Get us all posted. Uh, Looking forward to this season, and I think as as, as a Ranger fan and analyst, uh, <laughs> I, I I gotta I gotta say that I think that the thing about the Rangers for this season is it's sort of like talk to me in March. Just the way I feel. Uh, I don't think they're going to win the division. I don't think that they're going to fall to Walker. So it, they're going to get either Carolina or the Devils, unless. Something completely unforeseen happens. And I think the team is going to have a lot more structure with uh, Laviolette. So, um, I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> Johnny Red, divorce has his advantages. Uh, yep. But I don't know about that. Uh, congratulations, actually, to um, Gaetano and Maureen Cusenza. Uh, my lovely girlfriend's parents who are celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary and having my parents uh, celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary just last year. It is great for that to happen. And um, that's, if I get married, I'm doing it once. Uh, and I'm sticking it out the rest of the way. Actually, I told that to Maria. I'm like, you picked the right guy because... I'm a Mets fan, which means I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be sticking with you to the bitter end. <laughs> all right, guys, thank you very much for joining us today. I'm gonna get all this on audio right now. Have a great night.